0: Nama rupa is interesting. Uh, it's a bit of a dilemma, really, and it's it's the dilemma that science has faced and fought against in many ways. Uh, you know, the, the 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 popular view according to science is that. Uh, well, according to many scientists, is that there's only the material, right? And materialism has become quite popular, or has always been, I guess, quite popular among, well, material scientists, people who study the the physical side of reality. So they want to be able to say that the, the mental side of reality is an epiphenomenon. Uh, it's something that arises based on the physical and is totally dependent on the physical, has no power to influence reality. It's like uh, harmony that arises or sound that arises when you clap your hands. The sound is dependent on the hands. And so Buddhism isn't that isn't that different. I mean much consciousness does come from the physical and is conditioned very much by the physical but it's really making an assumption to say that the relationship is one way uh, when you could just as easily say the relationship goes the other way you could postulate and run experiments in the same way as people do in the material realm you could run these experiments in the mental realm and come to the conclusion that the physical doesn't exist Uh, the physical is just an epiphenomenon that is conditioned by the mind. In, in, in other words, all that exists is it's like a dream and this is kind of, I suppose, similar to solipsism, or although it's not really solipsistic, it's just um, you know, a purely mental uh, reality that all is, all is just mind. You know, and mind is the only thing that exists. Now it's pretty clear that the Buddha didn't ascribe to either of these um, theories and he didn't really ascribe ascribe to theories at all. This is why I don't particularly like to talk about such things because or why I might be hesitant to talk about it because you know what what's to talk about? Nama rupa is something that you experience and it's something that you come to in the very early stages of meditation but why I think on the other hand it can be good to talk to it about people who are meditating is because when you just start out you really don't know what it is that you're seeing you look at it and you wonder might it be this might it be that and you get the idea of me and mine and self so the idea of nama rupa the buddha didn't say one way or other whether nama comes from rupa rupa comes from nama or whether they both exist independently or so on Uh, he likened them to two Uh, two men two people one of them, I believe it was the Buddha or one of his disciples, I can't remember anyway, there's a simile of these two men, one who is crippled and one who is blind and so the body is like this blind man who can't see but has good legs and can walk and the mind is like a crippled uh, person who can see fine but can't walk and so they work together. The cripple gets on the back of the, of the blind man and they walk around and the cripple says, go this way, go that way. Uh, and, and basically the idea here is that they're, they're interdependent. They rely on each other and they perform different functions. But it, doesn't, it isn't really a philosophical teaching as to whether one or the other is real or, or is not real. And you know, I think that's an important... That's the best way to look at the Buddha's teaching. I don't think we should get into the idea of, of existence uh, or reality because they're such uh, arbitrary words. How do you define whether something really exists? Uh, you know, Besides just saying that it's experienced. The importance of Nama Rupa, especially for meditators, is not whether one or the other is real or whether they're both real or so on. It's that they are all that is real. Nama Rupa or the physical, the mental and physical uh, experience and we don't even have to separate them but the experience that is partly described as mental and partly described as physical is all that exists and so we're not trying to define one in in contrast with the other we're trying to define uh, them in contrast with illusion which is the self the first thing you realize, as a meditator, is that it appears that there are two things. There's the physical, which is like the stomach rising and falling, and then there's the mind that goes to know it. Right? They arise together, they cease together. Uh, but neither one continues on a- after their allotted time. Right? The rising starts and it stops, and the stopping is total cessation. That uh, phenomenon is gone. The knowing of the rising is also gone. It's gone at the moment that the rising ends. So they arise and cease together. The the foot moving, right? The, when you say stepping right, stepping left, the foot moving is is physical. The mind that knows the foot is moving that's mental. <clears throat> now whether you say they're one or two or 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 so on, they they are clearly distinguishable, right? if you want to explain what's going on you have to say well there's the there's the foot moving and then there's the mind that knows it but if you look carefully at it you'll see that what there isn't is some being involved in the process look and look carefully just means if you practice it again and again and again uh, and and look again and again eventually your mind will start to uh, focus and to see clearly what's going on, that this is a process uh, of phenomena that are phenomena that arise and cease and arise and cease incessantly, this is called momentary death, and this is one of the first things we realize. If people don't understand it, we often give it my teacher would often give a talk, ex- just a short talk explaining this uh, the different kinds of death, like normal, normally death, we think of a person dying. And so he says that that uh, that kind of death is just conceptual. It's it's not real. It's not a part of reality. Reality is that the mind continues on and on and on, and the the physical actually continues on and on. It just changes. So at the moment of death, well, it's just like a wave crashing against the shore. The ocean remains the same. Right. So a wave has a beginning and an end, uh, but you know the 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 stuff that it's made of. In this case, water. Or in our case, physical and mental phenomena, or experiences, continues, and uh, you know it, it's not really Im- important whether it does or not. Our experience right now is that it continues on and on. People want to debate as to whether rebirth is important, considering that we can't um, we can't experience it. That's not really so important. If you wait long enough, eventually you're, you'll experience it. But what we're experiencing now. Is what is real. The idea that we might die is also in the future. What is real is our death at every moment, our birth and death, birth and death, birth and death, and this cuts through the delusion of self, which is incredibly important. If you haven't heard, it, mo- many of you are aware of why it's so important. But if if you haven't heard much about Buddhism, the reason why it's so important is is this is really the true cause of our suffering, the fact that we attach to things, identify with them, think of them as me and mine, as I, and uh, therefore begin to judge them. The reason why we say something is good is we think it's good for me. We want to get it for ourselves because we have the idea of a self that experiences pleasure and pain. When you start to see in this way you realize that pleasure and pain arise and cease on their own and there's really no experiencer. There's the mind, but that mind arises and ceases with the pleasure and, and, and with the pain. And again, this, this for, I think for many people, will just sound like uh, an intellectual theory and go way over their head if you're not meditating. But my hope is that many of you are meditating, and therefore this should actually make some sense and relate in some way to what you're practicing. So that's um, a little bit about Nama and Rupa. If I, For those of you who don't know the, these words, Nama, the definition of Nama is that which knows an object. The definition of Rupa is something that doesn't know an object, it doesn't have awareness. So the mind is the awareness. When you move the foot there's the Rupa which doesn't know anything, it's just the movement. And then there's the knowing of it. Uh, and And they go together. The rupa occurs and the, the the nama knows it, so it just means body and mind. Really, that's the language that we use.